is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. Um, I think a lot of robust policy discussion today. Uh, one with Mike Conley, the uh, the rep, the state rep from Cambridge, who talked about that 62F tax refund law um, that Charlie Baker uh, said is, you know, has, has used to send everybody checks. Uh, 13% um, of your, 13% of your tax payment in 2021 or 2022, 2021, obviously. Can't pay for 2022. You haven't paid that yet. So um, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program uh, for the rest, open phone lines for the rest of the show. Then we had Jay McMahon on, uh, the Republican nominee for attorney general. I thought did really well um, in terms of his presentation. I, I, I think he was, I think he was good radio. I think, uh, you know, I, I, um, you know, I just I have a lot to disagree with uh, with uh, with Attorney McMahon, but um, appreciated his vigor uh, and um, was uh, very nice. So um, I do have a lot of issues with his, and I wish we had more time to get into it with his with his um, classification or his description, I should say, of what qualified immunity is. Because uh, if it was what he said it is, which is you know basically, uh, yeah. I, I just I just I just if it was what he said it is, which is you know, um, you know this it getting you know a, a protection for for uh, officers or government employees assets, um, you know so they don't they can't get sued for making decisions on the job right. If it was something, if taking away a qualified immunity really was about removing a. Um, a, uh, a shield uh, to protect the personal assets of police officers and first responders and government employees. I would agree with him that um, we should at least have uh, protections in place to protect a, a public employees assets um, in case they make a decision that in the moment that didn't work out, but in the moment seems compliant with their training. I, I would agree with that. Qualified immunity, though, it's a complicated history. It's a complicated history, and it's a basically a Supreme Court jurisprudence. It's a Supreme Court doctrine, uh, and the effect of the law, I think, is much different than what it's being put forward by its opponents. I, I could go into it. Maybe I will, but let's go to the phones first at 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, good evening, Marcus. Uh, Towards your first guest, uh, the first thing I would say is uh, 
you you commented uh, kind of slightly about citizens for limited taxation. Mm-hmm. I just I just offer you the the opposite of limited taxation. Uh, the alternative to limited taxation is unlimited taxation, and your guest, the the um, rep- he's a representative, right, from uh, Cambridge. Yeah. Um, didn't sound like he was from there, but I don't know his background. He suggested that I think he has a deep, deeper voice because he's like six eight. So oh, no, I'm just thinking of his accent, oh. he, he, his speech pattern. He, 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 I mean, he didn't sound like a Bostonian, but maybe he's a. I, I don't. I, it's not important. I just, I was just, I, I, I noticed it when I was listening. Um, he sounded like he, he might, he might have been sure. a transplant, but that's not important. Um, but he suggested that the original um, uh, initiative didn't consider. Um, the the salt cap that was imposed later sure and, and and the problem with that logic is that he's writing a tax law as a member of the great and general court mm-hmm. so the salt cap got put in place and they wrote the right around without considering a 61f i can't think of the the name of the uh, 62F. 62F. Well, where, why did you write a current thing in light of the, a, a workaround of the of the the, the federal tax code's salt uh, cap? Why would you write something knowing that the 62F was in in place? So, in other words, why would you why would you criticize the people who wrote and and passed? the original initiative petition on a future development when you in rear view ignored the the the, the, the law that had been passed federally and, and and made a workaround and now you claim that it, that affects the original legislation from 30 years earlier that's that's insane well of course it i mean i i, I of course it does uh, uh, um the, the the salt the salt cap of course uh, affects the 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 tax revenues in the workaround. Of course, it affects the tax revenues. Why, why wouldn't it? Well, why wouldn't why wouldn't the people who are writing the legislation, including the representative from the uh, from Cambridge, when they wrote that workaround, why wouldn't they have considered the sixty two? Yeah, you, you you make a good point, and I think that's been brought up that like it's not just him because he's not even in leadership. The leadership didn't even know about it, basically. And, and the other thing no one, is, no one except for Charlie Baker knew about it. Well, yes, yeah. Ignorance is no excuse. No, I know, no, no, I know. It's, it's a, con- a lawmaker. I know it's a con. I agree. It's a con- condemnation of 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 the leadership. Uh, I, how, I, I agree. How the heck? How the how how the, uh, how, how the uh, heck is a, uh, a you know a, a casual observer like me supposed to keep? keep up with this you know the well you're not supposed to stuff. well you're not you're not you're not supposed to but um i do think what the the i do think you know i i think the legislation he's proposing makes a lot of sense you, just let's give it how about if we give it to people so we so we'll cap the uh well that's the other thing i'd like to address is that he said that a, a check looks like a expenditure not a not a credit, right? 
a, a, a check or a uh, direct deposit to your account mm-hmm. l- looks like an expenditure, which is prohibited by the state constitution. By uh, yes, because I, the I, yes, yes, it's prohibited by the I, state I, I constitution thought, because thought, only the legislature can logic. allocate funds. Right. Yes. But the problem with that logic is this: it's money not spent. If if I spend if I give the te- Commonwealth of Massachusetts an extra thousand dollars on my tax bill when they refund it to me, that's not an expenditure. And the law says they took in too much money. They didn't spend it. They it was never it was never appropriated. It goes back to the people by the law. That's not an expenditure. Uh. I think what he said was is that the the law, the 62F law, um, says it's supposed to be a tax credit, uh, which is uh, explicitly uh, saying the government can't take any money versus what Charlie Baker is doing, which is the government ex- explicitly giving people money. So it's in direct conflict with the law that's been codified, not only the law that's been codified, but then ruled on by the Supreme Judicial Court. Well, so, so when I get a refund... That's different than a tax credit because the refund I get returned in my pocket. Yeah. But is is a refund considered an expenditure? I think this might be a little different because it's it's not a refund of your overpaying on taxes. It's a refund of revenue. Well, it is exactly a refund of the overpaying. It's a refund on the overcollection of taxes. Yeah, I suppose. And and, and by the way, you know, but just 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 for kicks and giggles, if we want to be equitable, the, um, the 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 tax reform that was passed during the Trump administration resulted in a net uh, reduction in wage disparity in this country. I'm I'm gonna uh, listen. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you there, but I got to take this break. So uh, I anyway, do appreciate the anyway, call. Anyway, hey hey, thanks thanks for taking the call, Mark. Always Have a good night. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, I'm going to take this break. I'll be right back. Marcus, Chris, we'll be back tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow's the sheriff's debate. Oh, my God, tomorrow's the sheriff's debate. Uh, two hours commercial-free, Paul Haro, Sheriff Hodgson, they're going to be in here. They're going to duke it out. First hour is uh, us asking them questions. They also get to ask each other two questions. Um, and then the second hour is calls from you, the audience. You can call in and ask Either both of them a question, one of them a question, or, you know, both of them a question or one of them a question. So and we know we're going to get calls throughout the entire hour. We we always do when these guys come in. So really looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's tomorrow at 7. I can't believe it. It's like Christmas Eve. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening, Marcus. Hey. On this uh, money that's supposed to come back to us taxpayers here uh, by law, uh, what was originally done? Was it a tax credit, or was so, it a check so that's that so that's the thing is is you know we when we had Rep Conley on um, just at, at the mm-hmm. beginning of the show, he mm-hmm. was saying, and and Mike Roderick said this too when we had him in Chairman of Ways and Means, and uh, and and Mike's a more moderate guy too. Um, he he said that the law explicitly states that it's supposed to be a tax credit on your next filing, not a tax refund. But um, Charlie Baker is just like, I'm going to send out the checks, basically. Char- Charlie Baker just said, yeah, well, I'm sending out checks. But the question I asked was, 
what was done the first time. Did they follow the law or did they send out a check? I think they uh, they 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 did a uh, tax credit because, like Brett Conley said, the Supreme Judicial Court had decided that um, decided that the law was permissible permissible because of the tax credit. Well, if that's accurate, then you know, uh, to me. Uh, past president is what you know sets law and if that's what they did i guess that's what they'll end up doing uh maybe and he can i i just think they don't like giving out the money at well, all well, anyway well, well precedent it doesn't necessarily like just because someone did it wrong before doesn't mean it's then just then just because someone did something uh that was in direct conflict with a written law before just because it's like a practice that they've done or yeah. in direct conflict with the state constitution the doesn't mean that that's now okay mm -hmm. i mean look at i like I, you know you look at all the supreme court decisions that they're basically just overturning now this is all just because people of the, the the court can basically decide that actually the way you've been doing it is wrong according to the constitution or according to state law or whatever the law says this so it doesn't necessarily mean that just because they sent out checks last time doesn't mean, oh, well, they got to do it again because the courts made a ruling on this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, the only thing I caught a little bit of that uh, gentleman talking to you from uh, Cambridge he was from. From Cambridge. Yeah. And uh, I heard something about I was in the car and I caught just a little bit of it. Something about we're going to use the money better for uh, schools or for roads. You know, years ago, uh, the Supreme Court came down with a case, too, that said the way we fund schools in Massachusetts is uh, unequal because if you live in a wealthy community, you get more money than somebody that lives in a poor community. Yeah. And the idea was when the lottery went in that that money was supposed to equalize all the school spending, and it never did. You know, well, I'd like to they have do the, an audit on the lottery. An audit on the lottery. <laughs> that would um. Well, we can ask. Uh, we can ask Diana Zaglia when she comes back, and or Anthony you know, Amori. Would be good to do that, or even the other gentleman, uh, Anthony Amori. So, um, so uh, the polling is looking more like Zaglio than Amori, but we'll, we'll see. Well, it's a Democratic state, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I I hear you. But um, I'm going to vote for Amori, and I'll tell you why. Because I think he's a pretty decent person too. He definitely and, is. And uh, both of them are good candidates. I agree. Uh, and uh, but you need to get more. Republicans, you have to have a government of opposition. You know, you can't have one one party to control everything. That's that's a dictatorship. You know, it's not good. But again, getting back to you know, the promises made, we're going to put it into schools and we're going to put it into roads. Well, that's why they have the. I, I saw that in the past again with the uh, idea that the Supreme Court came down and said the way we fund schools is unconstitutional, and the, the solution was going to be. Uh, the uh, you mean the lottery? Do, the do, lottery do, was going to fund our schools, and that never went down because the property tax way that we do it is is unconstitutional. Okay? Well, well, well. Um, you mean you mean Prop Two and a Half? I, the Supreme... No, not Prop Two and a Half. But funding our schools by property taxes. The Supreme Court ruled many years ago. I think it was in the nineteen seventies. Yeah. Was unconstitutional. So the, the comeback for that was, well, we'll take all the lottery money that we just created, and that's what we'll use to uh, fund our schools. Mm. And it that never happened. Never well, happened. They have the Student Opportunity Act now, and New Bedford's going to see about uh, $25 million. Well, 
extra in their budget, a little, uh, or at least I, I, the next I, I, seven well, years. They, they always fund New Bedford because New Bedford can never meet the funding. But what I'm saying is the state has an obligation to fund uh, students in Massachusetts. Yeah. And it should be the same whether you live in Cambridge or Braintree or uh, Brookline or Fall River in New Bedford. Well, the, if you're, and if the case you're talking about is the San Antonio School District versus uh, Rodriguez? I'm not sure. It's a, it's, well, I'm talking yeah. about the state in Massachusetts. I don't oh, know okay, all right. I'm talking about Massachusetts in 19... In the 1970s, when this is all, when this all okay, because there was a there was a Supreme Court case. No, no, that we're essentially... not going there. We're going to state law, okay? Well, and they've never Supreme done that. Court. So what I'm trying to say, Marcus, is they promise you that they're going to spend it on roads and they're going to spend it on schools, but then uh, somehow it gets diverted and roads goes someplace and, else. Roads and schools are expensive. Well, they... I understand, but it, it never gets there. It gets to other places. You know, so they, I've it? heard this promises before. Promises, promises. This is where those promises end. Okay. I, <laughs> All right, Marcus. All right. Thanks for the call. Right, I appreciate take, it. Yeah, I'll give somebody else a chance to talk about. Uh, thank you. Um, so, um, no. Uh, okay. Let's just say, for argument's sake, that this, let's say, Rep. Conley passes this law. Let's say goes you know first of all let's let's just say we get more let's say we get more revenue right let's say we get more um tax revenue for one one reason or another um and it doesn't go to it it, it doesn't necessarily go to chapter 90 funding or to schools which are like two of the big the biggest expenditures in any town and in any uh, the school budget is always the biggest budget in every town every town and city in the commonwealth the school budget is always the biggest budget it's always the biggest budget. It's almost always the biggest department is the school is the schools. Schools are expensive. Um, and chapter 90 funding is expensive too. But let's say it goes to something else. Still preferable, I think, than losing five billion in revenue um, to people who don't need it. You know, I still think it's I still think that's preferable than a five billion because you remember what Rep Conley said essentially, two point five billion of the 2.5 billion of the 2.9 billion in excess revenue that's supposed to get refunded to the people of the commonwealth 2.5 of it is a tax credit also is tax credits so you can double dip you can get the check and then you can get the tax credit later that's a that's a potentially a two point uh that's 2.5 in a in in refunds uh 2.5 in uh in in uh, tax deductions so that's a five billion dollar divestment from this from the from the uh revenue from state revenue of the commonwealth and the commonwealth being positioned where it is being number one in education number one in healthcare, right um, our infrastructure can be a lot better and should be a lot better, frankly. Our infrastructure is really bad, but better than a lot of other states. Um, if we lose $5 billion in revenue, I don't know how you maintain that, right? If you lose $5 billion in state revenue, I don't know how you maintain that. And to divest it for, and you're not going to see any benefit from it. You're going to lose $5 billion in revenue, which is a lot, <laughs> Five billion dollars in in surplus revenue that could could go to to Chapter ninety funding that could go to schools that could go to something else healthcare even you know you heard um, you heard uh, uh, Chairman uh, Rodrickson he talked about even with the limited money 
even with the more limited scope of the economic development bill they're going to have, they're going to they're going to work on restaffing hospitals and re refunding hospitals. Said South Coast Health Health had a sixty three billion dollar uh, sixty three million dollar loss in the last quarter. They're going to spend more money on getting more staffing in mental health facilities because they've done the work to increase the beds, but now they just don't have the staff to fill them. So they're going to do more work on that. You know, mental, uh, we talked about the ABC Mental Health Act with Julian Sear uh, a while back and with Rep. Ro- uh, and with uh, Rep. Rodericks, Chairman Rodericks uh, here. So that's all preferable. Getting those things done, I think, is preferable to a $5 billion divestment from us, from all of us, to go to, you know, People who, frankly, most people who who don't need that money. I think it's a, a fairly simple calculus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Again, we have the sheriff's debate tomorrow. That's uh, Tom Hodgson, the sheriff of Bristol County, and Paul Haro, the mayor of Attleboro and uh, former state rep. Uh, they're going to be here in studio duking it out. And it's again, two hour format. First hour, Chris and I are going to ask them questions. They get to ask each other two questions. Second hour is uh, you get to ask them questions. You can call in. I know the phone lines are going to be full and I'm going to get through uh, as many calls as I can. I'll get through as many calls as I can. If you can make it in, great. I think you will be able to make it in because we're going we're gonna to really, we're going to make the most of our time. We're going to make the most of our time. I'm going to give the candidates a minute to respond to uh, questions from the audience. And that's because I want to get as many calls through as possible. During the debate, they get two minutes to to respond to questions, a one-minute rebuttal. But during the phone call session, they get a minute. Again, I think that's the best way to handle it. There's a lot of issues, I think, you know, some of the issues I've identified, I think, in this election – um, other than, you know, the tie or, you know, who runs for how many offices, some of the more policy-based issues, uh, one, suicide prevention, right? Uh, we had uh, Adam Howe, who, who had asphyxiated on toilet paper uh, in the Ash Street Jail. Now, Sheriff Hodgson had explained his side of the story and said, you know, they got a designation from Cape Cod Hospital, said he was cleared for cl- police custody, and they did act, They did more than what was required, uh, given that um, he had that designation from Cape Cod Hospital. Uh, and then we had someone who had tried to uh, hang herself uh, six minutes before in the Ash Street Jail. A lot of people do say Ash Street Jail should be closed. Um, I it's a 134-year-old jail, something like that. It's a 134-year-old jail. It also, the structure that was there before, I think, was um, I think was even older. Like, I think the original structure that was built there was when John Quincy Adams was president, the original jail that was there. But I don't know, I don't necessarily know that, that Mayor Haro is against closing Astrid. I think he's, I, th- I mean, uh, for closing Astrid, I think he's actually uh, against it for, uh, he says it's, you know, there's an issue with the uh, prison population, uh, prison overcrowding if if they were to close Astrid Jail. But um, another, some of the issues are, uh, you know, 
recidivism, which is a word you've heard a lot, the, the rate in which somebody basically reoffends after being convicted and held in prison, the rate in which someone ends up back there, essentially. Um, that's going to be a big issue. That's something we're talking about. Um, suicide prevention, again, uh, we heard, we did hear Sheriff Hodgson, uh, his explanation of it. I'm sure he's going to have um, some, uh, some, some more to say about it tomorrow. Um, law enforcement, the law, the role of the sheriff, which I think is, I think is a really important discussion to have because the sheriff, you know, the sheriff, I think is the primary job of the sheriff is to um, run the, run the county jails. Right. But there's also a law enforcement component to it. And so, you know, Mayor Hero did talk about his, his, um, his record on, on law enforcement and, uh, you know, Hodgson, uh, Sheriff Hodgson does discuss his law enforcement experience. Um, so, I think that's another general topic for discussion. Immigration. What's the sheriff's role in immigration enforcement, if there is one at all? What I thought was interesting is when I, you know, when we had Mayor Hero on, he said that I, 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 because, you know, Sheriff Austin lost his contract with ICE after that incident in May 1st of 2020. I had asked him, would you turn down a contract with Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE? Department of Homeland Security, if you were offered one. And he said, no, I, I'd have to see what the contract is. I'd have to see what it does, what resources it provides, what function it provides, what what population it would impact. You know, would we need staffing? I thought it was a very technocratic answer, actually. And maybe that's because he's a, you know, he's a mayor. And I think mayors, I think municipal elected officials, being one of myself, uh, you, you have to really put the... You do have to really put the, I don't want to say politics aside because it's a different kind of politics and everything is politics, but you have to put the more partisan stuff aside and say, okay, what is practical in this situation? It's when the, the, the closer you zoom in, I think in, in, in politics, the less, uh, the much less partisan um, it gets. In fact, in local elections, you see, you, you know, if you walk to the ballot box, you don't even know what party the person is because it doesn't matter because people don't ask because local politics again is a lot more, I think, I guess pragmatic or technocratic than that. But I thought that was, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting qualifications. I think they both, um, I think they both, both attacked each other on qualify on their qualifications for the job. So those are some of the issues I see as important. The suicides, you know, is is Bristol County doing enough to prevent suicides? Sheriff Hodgson did talk about accreditations that they've received from organizations on this. Um, uh, Mayor Rose says they need to do more. Points to a uh, a report that came out in 2018 saying Bristol County made up a quarter of all suicide, jail suicides in the Commonwealth during a period of time. That's one of them. Uh, the jail suicides, immigration, and the sheriff's role in immigration or lack thereof, what their role should be in immigration. Law enforcement, the law enforcement role of a sheriff, if there is one. Um, the sorry, I lost my train of thought. Recidivism rate, the rate in which someone reoffends, is Bristol County doing enough of that? Can recidivism be measured? 
Seraphon says no. Mayor Hero says yes. Looking forward to hearing the explanations. And corrections experience and qualifications for office. That's something that's been brought up. Who's more qualified for where office? Right? So, Mayor Hero says Sheriff Hodgson has... He has more experience, corrections experience than Sheriff Hodgson does when Sheriff Hodgson was appointed sheriff in 97. Now, sheriff Hodgson's now been the sheriff for 25 years. But uh, Sheriff Hodgson says that Mayor Hero's experience is more administrative. I think, you know, essentially said he was Dwight Schrute, which, you know, I didn't think it was a fair classification. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how they we'll see how they handle that. It's going to be interesting. It's the first of two debates. There's only two debates. There's only two debates. And they're going to ask each other some questions. So if he wants to talk about the tie or other stuff, they can ask each other some questions. And they can duke it out on that. But I'm looking forward to having a policy-based discussion here um, with them uh, before they you know, ask each other their questions. I'm looking forward to asking them some more policy-based questions. Because when you walk into the ballot booth... When you walk into the, the, the booth, I mean, and you fill out your ballot, I want you to, I want everyone, as many people as possible, to be familiar on where these people stand on these policies. Not necessarily the other stuff, the other ancillary stuff that gets thrown around, but who has better, pol- who do you think? has better policies. I know a lot of people don't vote on policy anymore, but I hope if you're listening that you will, that you do. I think you do. If you're listening to the show that you vote on policy, not really the other stuff. So that's, that's the conversation I'm looking forward to having here tomorrow. And I think Chris is too. I know Chris is too. And and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're really going to have a, we're really going to have a, we're going to have a good time with it. And it's definitely going to make some headlines. No doubt about that. There's two debates. There's us, Chris and I, and there's the debate with Ted Nisi and Tim White at WPRI. So, actually, I think they just they're just wrapping up a debate uh, with Alan Fung and Seth Magaziner in the uh, at WPRI. So, those are the two debates. Ted Nisi is doing the other one with. Um, with Tim White, and we're doing the one here tomorrow, October 19th, and it's commercial-free. I wanted to go commercial-free. I thought it'd be a lot easier, um, and I might regret it later, but I won't know until I try. <laughs> and you can all take this journey with me. I'm really excited about it. I, I, I know you are, too. I know you're excited about it, too, because this is a race. This is one of the few interesting races that are going on. There's this race. There's the Plymouth DA's race locally. Locally, there's, there's I don't think, a lot of action. Some state rep races. But the Plymouth DA's race and the Bristol County race, we, we get to have those uh, debates here. And I think those elections people definitely, you know, in our listening audience are really focused on. Because they're important. I think, too, uh, in each in each in each election, there's two warring philosophies on criminal justice and criminal, you know, whether or not it should be reformed, right? Two, I think in both instances, pretty starkly different candidates on a number of fronts. So, and also, not for nothing, a lot of money getting poured into these races. 
a lot of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars getting poured into these races. I think the Plymouth DA's race has seen even more money than the Bristol County Sheriff's race. So we're looking forward to delivering that product to you, especially tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow is going to be, it's really going to be something. And then the next, the, the nine to 10 hour, we've talked about the seven, nine hour, the nine to 10 hour, Chris and I are going to do some post game. We're going to do some post game and, uh, we'll, we'll take your calls then. That won't be commercial. We'll have some commercials there, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be good. All right, 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break, and we'll be back. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Uh, Chris will be back tomorrow. 1420 WB. Marcus. Um, Chris is back tomorrow when we have the sheriff's debate, which is going to be a lot of fun. Lots and lots of fun. 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. commercial free. You know the drill. Tune in. Be there or be square. When I say be there, I mean don't be physically here. We can't let you in, but... You can be there via the app, via your radio, or via WBSM.com. Or you can, if you have an Alexa, you can be like, hey, Alexa, play WBSM. I think that's how it works. I don't know. I've only heard the commercials on it. I haven't tried it yet. I don't have an Alexa. So um, I really, the two guests today I thought were excellent. Um, Mike Conley, uh, rep from Cambridge, was good. I, I like having the guys from Beacon Hill. Like, you know, I love having our delegation on, obviously, right? But I, I, I also really enjoy having people on that that are from other parts of the Commonwealth, you know? Like when we had Senator Sear on, right? Or when we have uh, Rep. Conley on. I'm, I had some other, uh, I had some other legislatures on my show, uh, on my old show, the Marcus Farrow show, when I was, um, uh, you know, that were from different parts of the Commonwealth, too. So, so we're gonna we're gonna do that more too, especially as um, especially as the uh, after the election season. There's a lot I want to talk about. You know, what Attorney McMahon said about qualified immunity. I, I, I again, I'd love to have a, a more long form discussion on that qualified immunity. Uh, maybe when Chris is in, so someone can argue with me. I guess. Um, because it, it's a really it's an interesting it's an interesting topic. Um, it's a really interesting topic and it'll probably get brought up again, again, in mainstream conversation for one reason or another. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on the program, uh, for just closing out the, uh, the, the last hour. Again, I, I think we had some really good guests on today and we will tomorrow. Um, then Thursday we'll have some post game too. I mean, it's really, uh, then Friday's our Friday night show. Our Friday night show is a lot of fun. You know that. We we you you know our Friday night show is fun. You want to be there for it. You want to call in. Um. But yeah, no, I, and I thought just to talk about some. We had if you missed it, we had Jeff Deal on yesterday. Chris and I we had we had Representative Jeff Deal on, who's running for governor. He's the Republican nominee for governor. Um. Okay, I thought he was. I thought pretty. I thought he was pretty good. Like in terms of you know explaining his position on stuff. I thought he was pretty good in terms of explaining his position on stuff. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's a, it's not going to win. Um, but 
uh, you know, he's talked about the Scott Brown race. I, I would say, yeah, I mean, he was nice. He, he was nice. He, you know, he made his positions pretty clear. I thought he did. A, I thought he did really well. I mean, he, he wouldn't, you know, he's like, he's a, he's won some elections before. So you, you can't win elections without being able to explain yourself well or explain your positions well. But, um, you know, he talked about the Scott Brown race where Scott Brown was down however many points in the polling a week before the election. I think it's a much different environment, not only a much different environment, but much different candidates. Um, you know, Scott Brown was a, a colonel. Uh, uh, he was a colonel. He, he, he had his truck thing. You know, I'm Scott Brown and I drive a truck. It was an off year. It was a special election in February. Lower turnout. Uh, it, you know, it was a bad year for Obama already in 2010. People had already soured on Obama. Um, and you could say, oh, well, the Joe Biden's there. And a lot of people don't like Joe Biden. But in Massachusetts now, I think things are even more polarized than they were, you know, 10, 12 years ago when that election happened. It's difficult to envision a Scott Brown scenario uh, happening um, in this in this election. But we'll see. I mean, Attorney McMahon seemed pretty confident in it. Um, uh, a confident uh, that, that you know people are fed up for one reason or another. Um, I guess we'll see. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is hanging in the program. I'm gonna take another break, uh, and then we'll be back. The New England Patriots are back. Uh, I could probably fit one one call in. Someone wants to call in last minute. Eh, maybe not. Anyway, thanks for thanks for coming. Thanks for listening, uh, and thanks for my guest for thanks to my guest for coming on. Rip Mike Conley up in Cambridge, Jay McMahon uh, in Buzzards Bay, uh, who is uh, running for Attorney General. So uh, I thought good discussions. If you missed any of it, you can go back to the podcast and listen. They were both pretty robust conversations. So if you missed any of it, you can go back to the podcast and you can listen to it then. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow's the sheriff's debate again. Just just to remind everybody, two hours, seven to eight, seven to eight is Chris and I asking the candidates questions. They get to ask each other two questions each. And eight to nine is calls from the audience. So this is going to be, it's going to be, it's the their first debate. Might be the first time the two of them are in a room together uh, as candidates. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I think we're going to, I think there's going to be, there's definitely going to be some big news or there's going to be some headlines grabbed from this debate for sure. I think a lot of people are going to be tuning in. So I don't think that I know it actually. I know that for a fact. So anyway, thank you again. I will see you guys tomorrow and um, that's it. Until then, stay positive. Have a good night. Later.